Shut up and sit down. When the Wind Blows is an epic-inspired podcast that brings innovation to professional development. back again after a week off and uh, this is the last week we're going to talk about leadership Um, but welcome back to when the wind blows this is an epic podcast for parents teachers leaders and you know anyone vested in the world of education so we've spoken with the superintendent of epic we've spoken with the two co-founders of epic and and this week i'm just going to give kind of a summative wrap up of everything that i've learned through a couple of weeks of reading through their conversations and basically um and my take on leadership so hopefully hopefully uh, you'll get something out of this I've always said that I'm committed to a set of principles, but I'm 100% flexible on how we get there. Um, As a teacher, uh, shoot, going even back further, as a student um, going through undergrad and grad school, I was given an objective, and it was always fun for me to figure out how to do it differently than everybody else. And so then as a teacher... It was always fun for me to figure out how to do it just different than what everybody else might do. And I've already shared with you my flipped classroom story where I just didn't have enough time to research it. So I thought flipping the classroom was letting the students do the teaching. And it worked. It worked profoundly by handing the kids the standards and letting them unpack them. It truly worked. We get to see their own natural uh, multiple intelligences and such. Um come through the projects that they were turning in. And so it's awesome. What it comes down to is psychological safety. It's about being able to take risks and not being afraid what's going to happen. I can tell whenever I walk into a room, whether I've changed the room or whether the room feels comfortable with me having come in. So without psychological safety, there's no possible way you're going to have creativity. And that brings me to a couple of stories that I want to tell. So this is not my normal, but I've been listening to several other podcasts and um, through storytelling, they've been able to really drive home um, the message. And so I wanted to talk to you about uh, Blackberry and Kodak and the Firefly Festival. Um, So BlackBerry, they didn't have innovation. They didn't have forward thinking. They didn't adapt to get rid of that keyboard. And so for what it's worth, I actually really like the keyboard. Some days I really wish we'd go back to the keyboard, but the keyboard is the, the, the bigger cost. And so you couldn't get the faster processor in the phone because you had this keyboard and the keyboard was, was holding BlackBerry back. Kodak, a, like a great in cameras and film for over a hundred years. They were amazing. And, uh, and then because of their lack of innovation, their lack of foresight, 
Um, these guys ended up filing bankruptcy just because they weren't able to reinvent themselves in the digital age. And then I heard this story about this young lady who was talking about a festival that she was going to. And it was the festival. I mean, you think Coachella and, and go bigger. Um, it was deemed to be the biggest festival to come. And, um, and it wasn't. And this was the Fry Festival of 2017. And so she had talked about how she was getting ready to board a plane and she was seeing these tweets come up that were hashtag Fry Festival about uh, people that didn't have food. There wasn't water. They were not staying in this gorgeous um, event. They were staying in glorified tents and really not even glorified tents. So um, anyway, she was seeing this, but she was so invested in the trip and this experience that she doubled down, she got on the plane, and she went anywhere. I mean, anyway, there were no villas. It was like, you know, one of those tent cities you'd see uh, in, in like a homeless part of town. And she had paid so much money to go that she, like I said, doubled down and, and went anyway. And this is what we call the escalation of commitment. And so, uh, I tell you these stories to bring it back to education. I'd like you to think about the ILP or the IEP process um, if you're a family and and what it is and you're setting up these plans and you're making um, sure that your kiddos are set up and, and you've, you've got a plan for the year, but it shouldn't be something that is written in stone. It should be a fluid contract that that's a starting spot, really. Uh, teachers, when you're using teaching strategies, these are a starting point. They are the same thing as Kodak and the Fry Festival and Blackberry if you let them be. And, and it's all based on your leadership student, your leadership teacher, your leadership principal, and, and every other chain of command up the ranks. And so, as we're looking at these things, we need to make sure that we're not so invested in our own way that we are increasing our escalation of commitment uh, because that it, it makes us honestly lose track of what we're thinking. And so you're like, all right, Aaron, what does all this have to do with leadership? And so I knew a principal a few years back um, who had teachers and they just kind of kept turning over. This this principal had lost a few teachers under um, her belt, and it was odd because uh, I knew the gal, I liked the gal, and so when we started talking about what it was, what are you know what are you asking them to do, and um, she started running through the list of her you know command slash demands, and. I immediately saw, oh gosh, you are micromanaging these guys out the door. And um, and it, it all of it, I mean, for what it's worth, this principal had an amazing idea and she was really trying to put a thumb on what she was asked to do. I mean, she was asked to measure metrics by her leadership and and she was doing that. She was measuring them and making sure that she was going to hit the mark by gosh 
But the thing is, when you double down in this way, you're so committed to your process that you don't see what's happening to the teachers or to the students in that. Um, and then you've kind of created this psychological um, unsafety out there. That's not a word, but we're going with it. And so your, your teachers aren't feeling like they've got the ability to take risks because it's it's going to come back at them and haunt them. And, and then they might get more mandates thrown at them. And so it was, if it was really interesting because the, the plan that was put into place was a great idea, but in practice, and when you start putting those things into practice, it really needs to be like, like I said, in the beginning, a commitment to a set of principles, but you've kind of got to allow flexibility on how you're going to get there or you're going to have no innovation. You're going to have teachers who have amazing ideas and amazing ways to get a kid to X, but if they're only being forced to get your way done, then they're, you're going to find yourself with some churn, some turnover in your department and your roster. I mean, you teachers think about this as well. Like if you've had students, and this year is a tough year because it's different. We've had uh, such an influx of kids come to us that um, as soon as their schools opened, as soon as their schools had better ideas of what they were planning on doing, you know, those kiddos came back. And so this year may be hard, but you know in the second semester if you've got your roster or not. And so if you're still seeing churn and tur turnover in that second semester, you might analyze your process. Are you being too rigid? Is your principal being so rigid that you have to be so rigid? And these are all things that you need to think through and, and work through together so that you're not letting kiddos and, and honestly, great teachers walk out the door to go to the next school. I mean, and this school isn't for anybody. I'm not trying to, I mean, it's not for everybody. I'm not trying to say that it is, but I do think if it's done right, you see a lot more kids sticking around and we've got a very high, um, rate of return. And so, so people keep coming back to us. They do like us when it's done right. All right. So this brings me to the next idea. Um, basically mentors. Um, what do you do if you're facing a decision where it's time to come down on uh, a teacher or come down on your student for not following the plan. Do you have somebody that you can talk to who you can ask objectively about a scenario or a situation? I myself have several mentors. I have mentors for different areas of my life as well. If I have a, a question about faith or, um, or confession or, or something along that lines, I, I've got two or three people I can go to, including my pastor, that will give me ideas. In in the education world, you, I mean, you heard it before, but I've, I've got Bart and Ben and David, but I've also got another set of people who are, are closer to the ground, um, uh, closer to those boots on the ground that I can ask questions as well. Is this the right decision for this scenario? Leading as if you're in a silo or your department, it's not for the greater good of the organization. We need to to basically, and, and gosh, I think it was Bart's uh, conversation with me when we were talking, like, 
we've got an overall goal. And so he used, yes, it was Bart's. He used the basketball analogy. I used the football analogy. The overall goal is to help students get an education, right? Uh, You can track spreadsheets till the cows come home. You can make them do this curriculum or that supplement. But the overall goal that we have here is to get kids educated in a way that also doesn't make them hate school. Uh, I I firmly believe that that's a possibility. Um, So have somebody that you can go to and ask them for advice. Um, There's this whole group of people that work at uh, Google X, and Google X is about coming up with new ideas. And they're called uh, rapid evaluators. And and I really love this, um, being able to go to somebody and say, here's my idea, here's this, this, and this, how to make it work. What do you think? And these rapid evaluators just look at the surface level of a, a, a project or a task, and they're, they're like, oh, yeah, great idea. Here, Let's develop it. Or you know what? I don't get it. Let's set up some time to talk about it a little bit more. But these rapid evaluators are constantly making decisions, helping people make decisions about projects. And so it truly is uh, a a great idea. Um, You know, we've got DTDs in this school model and DPDs in this school model. And these are people who help teachers make decisions and people who help principals make decisions. Um, We've embraced the idea of using mentors in a major way. And, and so Google X calls them rapid evaluators. We call them something else, but have somebody, whether you're a student going through uh, a curriculum and you've got a project that you're working on, whether you're a parent trying to help your kiddo, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a principal, whether you're a, a leader up the chain somewhere, have somebody that is a mentor to you. Shoot, the CEO of uh, Apple ha- and, and the CEO of, of Amazon have mentors that they go to. They, they call them life coaches uh, or, or business coaches. If you don't have somebody in place for this, you're kind of shooting blind and you're really leaning on your own understanding of something. And there are a lot more potential downfalls or, or blinders that you might uh, come up against if you don't have some sort of outside evaluation. As leaders of your students' lives and their potential, um, as leaders of a team and leaders of a school or a company, you can't just focus on your own goals. You have to decide whether it's for the greater good of the entire team. Once you've given an evaluation and an honest evaluation, once you've gotten an evaluation, you can decide whether your goals are aligned with the mission and the goals of the team. Sometimes the best decision is pulling a plug on a project. It's not about failure at all. Uh, What it could be about is failure if you continue down that road and and you are stuck in your own way. But failure is something that's inevitable at school, at at innovation, in, in leading. We have to stop toying with the idea that failure is just the worst. So sometimes pulling the plug plug on a project is more about winning and creating success for an organization instead of doubling down on your investment and pulling yourself into a bigger trap. Um, it's it's about mitigating losses and, and finding where your pitfalls are. If you 
punish failure while you also simultaneously know that it's inevitable, you're creating a kind of culture that is is set up to punish people. It's 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 kind of a toxic culture that you're creating. As a matter of fact, if if you've punished people for failure, uh, people will do everything in their power to prove that they're not failing, and you'll fall into another kind of trap. I, I hate, honestly, that Hollywood and literature have kind of set us up for some pretty serious failures of, um, of the not good kind. Um, we can't all be the hero of every story. Um, the hero's journey is all about one setback after another setback after another setback in the protagonist's story. But we aren't always the protagonist. Sometimes we're just the person that interacts with that protagonist. So if you feel like you're channeling your inner, you know, Katniss Everdeen or, or Inigo Mantoya or Forrest Gump, then you might need to rethink your decision because you could easily be Wile E. Coyote chasing the Roadrunner. We all know that the Roadrunner is the protagonist, the Roadrunner who's got who's got to win each scenario, but there is a wily coyote. Don't be the wily coyote or you're going to end up with an anvil on your head or blown up with TNT. This episode is all over the place. I hope that it makes sense for some of you out there, for any of you out there. Let me know where I went wrong. Uh, this was just, again, me spitballing after a few conversations and a, and a few books, um, But that is all the time we have for today. So if you like what you heard, go ahead and hit the like button and subscribe to the podcast so that you're notified each time the episode drops. If you're a returning listener, you should rate the podcast. Leave a comment. Let us know what you like or what you hate. Tune in next week where we're rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation 